Live from the Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. It is Cofield and Company. Adam Hill across the way. Cofield, Angel's out here helping us out. We got uh, Ari back in our Finley Toyota studios. Lots going down today. Lots going down. Bunch of action inside of the fortress last night that we need to get to. And we'll uh, we'll check in on one of the A's media members to find out what the hell's going on back in Oakland. Some anger and what the situation is. We got a fact-finding mission to figure out why they can't get a stadium deal done. So busy day today after the Vegas Golden Knights lose last night. One of the highlights of the game, and I actually I didn't even realize what this tweet was when I saw it late last night. I saw someone tweet out a shot of the crowd from the upper deck. And I was like, yeah, that's about right. You know, there's 12,000 in there, 12,156. That's cool. Really loud. Caught the atmosphere, but I didn't really catch the name on the tweet. And it turned out to be one of the management members with the Oakland A's who, by tweeting that out, really pissed off a lot of Oakland fans. <laughs> well, sure. Uh, I mean, I, I think everybody knew that the A's were here and, you know, part of their uh, you know exploration committee. And they're going to go to a bunch of these cities that are in the running for uh, potentially having, uh, you know, the A's relocate there, which is still kind of a charade i think because i think they still want to stay in oakland really and in the long run but uh yeah it was you know kind of a, a slap in the face of hey look what it's like in vegas here's what here's what's going on there this is this is interesting this is a fun sports town yeah the guy tweets out wow with the crowd going crazy so there's a lot to be read into there and it, sure. and apparently this uh, dave cable's a real interesting dude because it's sort of duplicitous i think in some ways he has to be the bad guy but he's also been building this brand of being the fan-friendly good guy. And then all of a sudden, he tweets a picture from Vegas. And I can't imagine he's not savvy enough to realize like what that was going to do to Oakland fans who were on pins and needles and uh, probably worse than that. They're angry. you know. They've already lost the Raiders. They see the A's now traveling around the country to go visit other cities. What do you think? Oh, wow. And hey, I'm having a good time in Vegas tweet at a sporting event with a packed house is going to do the fans. Yeah, it, and they can't really go to – they still can't go to a whole lot. I mean, they're still opening up slowly there. Uh, well, they can even, get 12,000. I think as of today, they can they can get in 12,000 of the Coliseum. They had 3,019. Yeah. I mean yeah. – They had a quarter of the crowd that the Knights did. Yeah, he's clearly, he's clearly making a statement. Like, there's no accident to the tweet. It was – Look how great of a sports town Vegas. Are you is. sure? Are yeah, you sure there's not someone who's so naive? I no. said he can't be that naive. Are you, sh- you think this is part of the uh, the game playing process, which goes on every time a team is looking for a new city? Well, if 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 you go on the premise, which I kind of do, that sure they're open to moving and they want to see what kind of unbelievable deal some city's going to give them, but the whole goal is to try to get Oakland to do it. Do you think these moves work? Yeah. You do? 
the Raiders, the Raiders got what they wanted. Raiders got what they wanted in Oakland. I'm saying what the city that you're pushing to keep you. Or does it actually just throw salt in the wound and it just gets people more frustrated? But they're like, all right, now we're going to dig even more. So Didn't it work in Sacramento? It did, eventually. That one took a long time. Yeah. I mean, uh, but uh, it, it takes like, what did it take in Sacramento? They had like their going away game. Yeah, they did. Like you had to go right down to the wire. So yeah, you have to. Like all these threats in Oakland that have happened over the last, you know, fifteen years, it's been like, yeah, okay, where are you going? Well, you have to make it so you really look like you're going somewhere. And we're talking about one of the uh, A's management members going to the Vegas Golden Knights game last night and tweeting out a video, quick video of the Fortress going all crazy, and it just said, "Wow!" hashtag Stanley Cup playoffs at Golden Knights, and A's fans just flipped out. Uh, one dude who I think is a Inspiring broadcaster. Uh, uh, Matt Pearson said, you're disgusting, <laughs> and so are the damn idiots you work for, and with a couple of vomit emojis. Okay. Uh, I was just trying to think, did it work? They worked for the Marlins a little bit, too. Didn't they get a, a sweetheart deal by consistently saying they were going to leave? Yeah, they, they built the city. Yeah. They also lied heavily, but that's, sure. that's the game. Yeah, I think, it, I think yeah. it works in the long run. And, and if I just wonder, in this situation, if it's going to work. Oakland has already proven, like, oh, you're going to leave. Okay. Wipe our hands clean. Well, the, they, they already lost the Warriors and the Raiders left. But that's ex- I think that's exactly what the A's are counting on. Like it's the it's the last thing. Like they're the last man standing there. Yeah. So they and they can hold it over Oakland and say, "All right, you let the Warriors go, you let the Raiders go. You really going to let us go too and have nothing?" So they have a slogan rooted in Oakland, which right now doesn't that's seem real hilarious. solid. Uh, uh, Twitter handle at Coliseum Sewage. Okay. It's a good handle. Is that verified? Not sure. Is that a blue check mark? <laughs> you were there. How bad is it? At the Coliseum. Is like Can you smell it? Oh yeah. Not not all You're like, oh, not, yeah. not all the time. Okay, like ever? Sure. Yeah. Really? But it's just, also just just raw sewage. Like when you hear about a state oh, this stadium sucks, or this stadium's bad, or this arena's bad. Then you go there, you're like, all right, I see it, but it, it's fine. Like I said, I, there's only been two. I, I think we talked about it last week. There's only two arenas that I've gone to. I'm like, whoa, this place sucks. Um, Stadium-wise, as bad as you think it could be, because it's never as bad as it sounds, as bad as you think it can be, it's worse. It's, okay. it's awful. It, right. It's horrific. And by the way, you know what's really insane? I've, I've referenced this movie a couple times this week, I think, because I, I finally watched it again for the second time, uh, Moneyball. Like, I watched it when it came out, and I was like, okay, good. Second time, I, w- I watched it this weekend again, and I was like, not as good as I thought it was, but a lot of the a lot of the movie involves how bad the stadium is. Yeah. It's like 20 years ago. Uh-huh. Nothing's changed. No. Uh, at Coliseum Sewage said, rooted in selling out Oakland so my billionaire bosses can make more billions is not a catchy slogan. Oh, it's too long. That doesn't yeah. fit on a T-shirt. Yeah. So uh, USA Today wrote about this uh, tweet from this Dave Cable, who uh, has been labeled an A's fan-friendly president in the past. Uh, dude named Gabe Locks wrote the story. I always love when people write about... This is really about any city. Because sure. unless you're on the ground, you don't understand the politics. Let's see if he nailed this one. He says... Next up, figure on some well-placed photos from Las Vegas, perhaps from a patch of dirt just off the strip that might someday serve as a ballpark. Okay, well, there's – I think there would be only one patch of – there would only be one patch of dirt 
Can you think of other patches of dirt? Because oh, the really? the uh, the Rock and Rio site, I don't think is structurally sturdy enough. Am I digging too deep on this one? Wet and wild. Not really dirt. It's dirt. Um, and Rio and Wild Wild West are developed. Can you think of other areas that are open right now? Uh, no. Not, well, it's kind of about it. Unless there, there's like well, a really there is thin like strip of property somewhere south of the South Point. That's not. That's not. Uh, come on now. It's dirt. Hey, he did say just well placed photos from Las Vegas. Nope, just off the strip. South Point, the strip. It's Las Vegas Boulevard. Is it the strip? Come on. And you can. And if you shoot from south of the plot of land, going north, and you do it at night, looks pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, I hope you pitch that. I hope you pitch that. That's how I frame it. The A's are on the strip. They're south of the South Point. Not exactly the strip. Close. I know you would like it because you could actually walk to the games. I could walk. I I walk by by that plot of land like almost every day. And I I like that area. I like the South Point. So, but I I I keep saying I think a strip address is what they're going to be looking for. If the Raiders and Golden Knights are already there, they're going to want to be on the strip. He uh, this person also writes. Las Vegas is only too willing to serve as a uh, willing mistress in these tales. Are we? Uh, and also showed with the Raider Stadium deal that it's also willing to sell out taxpayers to add another jewel to its entertainment catalog. That hurts today. With the news. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. We'll see if, if we are or they are. We'll, uh, we'll continue to get into the Raiders angle on this. So but- Raiders might have a lot more power than... You know, we ever thought before, and I'm, sure. I'm sure the Raiders are looking at the A's like, we don't want you around. No, the Raiders are you're, not. You were a giant pain in the ass last time. They're certainly not going to be opening any doors no. for the A's, and I think they're going to do what they can to make sure they don't get here. Uh, but the, you know, always shown to be willing participants in these charades thing, however he phrased it, like, actually, no, because you can't have it both ways. We were like, we had enough of that and said, okay, fine. We're not going to be, we're not going to be willing participants anymore. We're going to shell out 750 million to make sure we're not that like we'll show that we're not. So you can't have it both ways on that. Yeah. That's the NFL. This is major league baseball. We'll get into more of this as the show moves along. All right. What was that last night? Another one of those weird, do I go as far as saying puck luck or were, was that shot count? Like, it was lopsided. How many good shots did they get? Because there are shots, and then there are good shots. There are shots on goal, and there are shots. Sure. Uh, I thought the second period, uh, the Knights got a lot of good shots. It was basically like an 18-minute power play. Yeah. And just shot after shot after shot, and they wound up losing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes those things happen. Like, you come out of that game, I think, for the most part, saying, if you play that game again on Wednesday – Oh, yeah. You probably win. So, like, you don't – as much as you start thinking about it a little bit too much and you start saying, okay, it was 3-1. We've won a 3-1 lead before. This is not this is not a great position to be in to go on the road up 3-2. And if you lose, all of a sudden it's a game seven where anything can happen. I think there is a tendency to start to panic and to overthink it and to what can you change and what can you – you know, what can you alter and all these other things. Where in the end, if you just say – Hey, go play that game again. You probably win. You don't want to do a whole lot of adjustment or a whole lot of changing or a whole lot of, you know, getting desperate. Like the the Wild yesterday, reshuffled their lineups. They put in, you know, a couple a couple guys that hadn't played yet. Said, 
you know, we need to change something. We've been playing well the last couple of games. Let's make changes. I don't think the Knights need to do that. I think I think they just need to do what they did yesterday, and they'd most likely win if that game was played again. We'll talk about how the Wild played and also list some guys who do need to step up to get this series finished in Game 6. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Marcheseau hoping for Theodore. It's chipped down to the zone. Petrangelo hustling back. It is into the empty net. It's a goal, and Petrangelo crashes into the goal. 42 Minnesota with 37 seconds to play. Cofield and Company is on the road at the Nova Home Loan Studios. Knights lose. Can't close it out. Now it's 3-2. Game 6 is tomorrow. Possible Game 7 on Friday. You hear Petrangelo go slamming into the goal. Kind of lay there for a second. I thought he might have. He was trying to break the camera. I I would do that. (laughs) Uh, And I would definitely slam into. I would definitely slam. I would try to break the goal. I would have been so pissed off in that moment. The last. You got to give the Wild credit because while they were hanging on for much of the game, um, I thought they played really well the last five minutes in terms of holding the Knights at bay. And the Knights really never what what they get a maybe a one dangerous look when Flurry was out of goal. Uh, but beyond that, like that, they, they were really stymied in the final five minutes when they were desperate. The Wild thought the Wild thought so too. The Wild thought that they played well throughout the whole third period, which I would agree. I thought they did too. Um, they, you know, it was after, better than the second for sure. Yeah. The, I mean, the second was, they clearly were like, we have a lead. Do not let this go. And just kind of camped out in front of the goal and took an onslaught for an entire period, which you can't do. Like eventually you're going to give up a goal. Um, and, and then in the third period, I thought they just, they played better. They, they you know, limited chances, you know, the Knights still had possession a lot, but, uh, not a whole lot of good chances out of it. So I thought they, they settled down, played much better in that third period. The wild did, uh, I actually, as far as Petrangelo going into the net, it's it's so weird that as soon as he went in there and he was laying in the net, I immediately thought, oh, if I was him, I would get out so quick. And all I was thinking about was, the, really. fo- was the photos. I was like, it's gonna, these photos are going to look terrible. And then they did. Like If you saw them all over Twitter, like that looked, it just looks bad. It's, I'm not, there's no criticism, nothing of right. him. I'm just saying like that is a bad looking photo. What is that, your classic defeat photo? Yeah, and then of course you know we have we have people like Tyler who's just so so quick on Twitter. Uh, our colleague Tyler Bischoff who just tweeted like, "Oh look, Alex Petrangelo can find the back of the net." Like, okay, um, but like those things, you're just opening yourself up to those things. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, I I would just thinking as I do as being like embarrassed and awkward all the time. All I thought about was, oh, man, I would try to get out of that net. And then I started thinking, this is how my mind works, and I just have, like, weird panic attacks. Then I was like, what if you go in the net and you're like, I got to get out of here. This looks like a bad photo. And then you start trying to scramble yourself out and, like, get caught in the net, and then it looks even worse. Like, that's that's how my mind was thinking. Never thought of any of that. I thought as someone who likes to compete that I would have been pissed off and I would have broken the friggin' net. But I guess those who don't compete think about snarky nonsense. No, I would I would be thinking about competing all the time, except for when I'm stuck in the net. <laughs> then I'm then I have to think about other things. Did we ride off the wild yesterday? Did we jinx the knights by having on an abs guest in the five o'clock hour? We didn't jinx them, but I mean, I think we were definitely looking ahead. And then definitely. our guest, Mike Evans from Denver, is like, ah, it's over. Wild aren't coming back. And well, I think- actually, I, I should and I should have said it on the air. This means nothing now. But as 
as we were getting up, uh, you were leaving the Orleans at Bailiwick. I was like, there's going to be a game seven. Yeah. Well, maybe there's not. I mean, I just, I think, I think writing off the wild, you know, after such a poor history against them, that it's, it's a little bit of fool's gold just because you kicked their ass a couple of games in a row. They're not going away. This is not an overmatched team. Like, you know, once the Avs got rolling against the Blues, the Blues just weren't really good during the year. Yeah. Wild are right there with the other two teams, and it's a bad matchup. Yeah, I think all that's true. I, I don't think the fact it was 3-1 or that it's, you know, the Golden Knights or anything like that played into the, you know, kind of the assumption around the league and, and with us that, that they were going to win the series in five. I think it was more the way that the Wild had played the last two games. And especially but, I, games. but I also think sometimes we we look at, you know, we look at the results and we kind of, you don't, but we kind of forget the path to the results. And the path to the results so far in the series have been having to overcome a lot of poor first periods. Oh, yeah. And you can only play that many bad opening periods before it is going to come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. And and, um, and last night was not, again, was not good. I'm, I'm glad you, you singled me out as somebody who doesn't think results matter at all. It's more process. Uh, that the well, way, but the I also think I you, you, you're going to sit there and break it down period by period, you know, five minutes by five minutes. Um, and hockey, you saw last night, is a strange sport where you can just bludgeon someone, sure. dominate them on their end of the ice, outshoot them twenty-two-one, and you're like, "Wait, what? We're still trailing?" And that was that was the Wild in previous spots. Yeah, I, I just where, where they you know they played a dominant first period and they had a narrow lead. Yeah, I just feel like it was more like you said it wasn't the results or anything like that. It was more how deflated they were uh, with what happened in Game Three which led to just a disastrous game four for the wild. And then you were like, well, deflated game three, actually deflated in game two after dominating early in that game and not winning completely deflated in game three after a, a, an unbelievably dominant first period and not getting the result. Then game four just had nothing. You're like, well, there's why would they bounce off the mat now? Like why choose now to to jump up? And they really didn't. Like like we've been saying, the Golden Knights outplayed them. The Golden the, Knights were the better team. The other weird angle, and we've resisted it the first. We had resisted it the first four games. We haven't really talked about the officials. There was griping from Wild fans, thinking it was one sided against them. Oh yeah. And then last night I see uh, tweets. Uh, you know the refs have painted themselves into a corner by essentially not calling anything in this game. We get uh, you know clear obstruction scrums and wrestling matches all over the ice, and that's from the Golden Knights side. Golden Knights fans like, wait, now you're going to complain about the officiating? <laughs> was there was there a penalty on the Knights? I don't remember that there was one yesterday. I know the Knights had a power play goal. Which now the was... play's too rough. So we we want the refs more involved. Yeah, I actually saw uh, some some national media people yesterday saying they were just annoyed with the fans on both sides of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that too. It's <laughs> like, like enough. Yeah. It's like everything everything's ref, everything's ref and really hasn't been. I mean, I I don't think the officials have had that much impact on the series uh in general. Uh, it's it's been, you know, again like the Knights got I understand the Wilds the Wild fans being a little upset, but which which play you have a huge problem with because like they're talking about the goals that are overturned right which were the two biggest plays of this series no question clear calls but i think they're i mean the, the goaltender interference was borderline but it was the right call 
The offside was a clear call. It was obvious. And some of the key trips in the series? Pretty obvious. So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, again, it's you understand, I guess, where our fans come from at some point. And, you know, I usually think officials decide most outcomes uh, of games and most sports. But in this one, I, I don't really know that there's anything you can point at and say, well, this this play is what really swung everything, except for the two challenges that the Golden Knights won that kind of determined the series and where it's at right now. But they were both kind of the right calls. More Golden Knights breakdown coming up with Stormy Bonatoni in the 3 o'clock hour. But up next, we go out to Oakland. We're going to talk to Alex Coffey, who's on the A's beat, has been covering this A's stadium situation, and we'll get a a better idea from the writer at The Athletic of what the heck is going on there, how wide the gap is, and what exactly the plan is to get a stadium done in Oakland so the A's can stay there. Cofield got his mortgage tuned up. You should, too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments. From the fantastic Nova Home Loan Studios, Cofield and Company is back. Big news day, big news days, as the uh, athletics are in town, at least the brasses, and Alex Coffey covers the Oakland scene from the athletic. So let's get into what you found out so far about this uh, visit. I saw there was a bit of a high-profile tweet sent out from the Vegas Golden Knights game last night. So uh, what do we got, Alex? Yeah, um, well, basically the A's team president, Dave Cavill, was at the Golden Knights game uh, last night, and in the middle of the A's game against the Mariners, he tweets out something to the effect of go golden Knights, which basically set the fan base aflame. Um, <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> uh, things are a little bit tense right now. <laughs> I sense there was a reason behind the tweet. There was some purpose. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still trying to ascertain that. Um, I mean, some people muse that he wouldn't have tweeted something like that if, or it might be an indication that he doesn't feel good about where the discussions with the city of Oakland are right now. I haven't heard anything specific to that effect, but it does seem like a curious move if things are going well. <laughs> so that wouldn't shock me, but that's just my personal opinion. Do we know uh, yesterday who they met with? I don't know specifically who they met with, but I know that it was, a, I think, Billy Bean, John Fish, the A's owner, John Fisher, team president, Dave Cavill, and Sandy Dean, who's in their... Um, uh, front office, top of their front office too. So party of four on the A's side. What is the goal in coming here? I think it's a, a fact-finding mission. Um, you know, it's incredibly difficult to build, as they know at this point. I mean, they've been trying for, this is their sixth attempt at trying to build a ballpark in the Bay Area. And it's incredibly challenging in California just because there are all these you know, political, political hurdles. Um, it has to be privately financed. Um, you know, there's just a lot at play. I think right now it's just kind of feeling out different cities and seeing, you know, who can maybe work with them a little bit more than um, the A's, the, the Oakland city government is working with them. So I, I'd say it's more of a fact-finding mission at this point. So let's go back to set up the Vegas audience with, you know, the rural information here is the A's are going to travel the country and talk to different cities. Where is the project, the top project right now? Uh, location and what's the funding plan and where is it politically uh, in Oakland? Like, where are they? Posed Ballpark is a waterfront park um, at a site called Howard Terminal, which is um, right on the port of Oakland. So it's a really, really busy area. There are ships coming in, trains coming in all the time, which is part of the reason why the city is not just letting the A's just move in there, right? I mean, it's, it's very significant for the economy of the city. 
So to just build a ballpark and not really just a ballpark, but also like a real estate development right smack in the middle of that area um, doesn't really appeal to them. There are just a ton of complications, you know, environmental concerns, like the soil is toxic. They'd have to like clean out the soil and who's going to pay for that and all this stuff. So I'm not going to get into the minutiae too much, but (laughs) that's where the ballpark, the proposed waterfront ballpark would be. And then as far as cost goes, the A's are paying for the construction of the actual ballpark, but they're proposing to create two um, infrastructure financing districts um, in Howard Terminal and then one in an area called Jack London Square. The tax revenue from that would pay for infrastructure costs, so like bridges and bike paths and things like that that are all tied to this project, but would also theoretically help West Oakland. The total cost of that is estimated to be $855 million, which is another <laughs> big, you know, it, it kind of, it puts the city in an impossible spot because, you know, they've lost the Raiders, they've lost the Warriors to San Francisco. Um, this would be the third professional sports team to leave in, the sp- in not a very long span of time. So obviously they don't want them to leave, but this is not a very good deal for right. the city. So it's kind of the the sense that I'm getting from talking to sources in local government is that the A's aren't really willing to negotiate. It's kind of take this deal or like take it or leave it. So that's kind of where things stand right now. And and that's how much money the um, taxpayers would be on the hook for. We're talking about the uh, A's potential relocation to Vegas to somewhere else. And uh, I don't know. I wasn't that comfortable stealing the Raiders. I hate these situations. Uh, (laughs) We're going to benefit from the Raiders and we got a stadium and there's a whole bunch of Vegas stuff we could get into. Why can't. Uh, why can't they just take the Coliseum property and just raise the Coliseum, build a beautiful new stadium there, multi-use, retail, uh, residential? Why can't that be the plan? You got uh, mass transit right there. That seems like the perfect spot. You know, that's something that we ask repeatedly and we don't really get a substantive answer, a clear answer about what the A's are saying is that the Coliseum, you know, is past its usable life, which, I mean, that's an argument that can hold up for the, the actual building. You know, right. it's got like... I don't know if it has like asbestos or something, but like it's not in good condition, right? Like (laughs) plumbing issues and all that stuff. Sure. Lights shutting off during the game. But as far as rebuilding at that site, we haven't heard anything other than it not. My guess is that it's not like a glamorous, it's not not a waterfront ballpark. It's not not an area that people would be as excited to travel to. But yeah, they haven't really given us a concrete answer as far as why they can't rebuild there. I, I will say that the plan right now with the proposed waterfront ballpark would be to redevelop the Coliseum site and use some of the funds from that redevelopment to pay for the construction costs at the waterfront ballpark. So if they were to redevelop and just tear that ballpark down, build a new ballpark, they wouldn't have another site to fund those um, those costs. So maybe that's yeah. that would probably be factor in too. But there's no... That's a long-winded way of saying that we have not gotten a good answer as to why they can't just yeah. rebuild. It sounds, uh, Alex, and we're talking to Alice Coffee, who covers the A's for The Athletic. It sounds very similar in some ways. Uh, obviously, every city has its, as you said earlier, the minutia of the situation. It sounds very similar mm-hmm. to what happened in San Diego, where San Diego was ready to put up money for the Qualcomm site, but Spanos, the owner for the Chargers, was insistent that they be down in the gas lamp. Uh, they leave, which I think is what he always wanted to do. And now Qualcomm is being redeveloped with a smaller football stadium for San Diego State to the tune of like 35000 And, you know, it's basically a scaled down version of what they could have built. So it's going to work. Boy, from a baseball standpoint, it'd be fascinating, too. If they land in a new city, they've got a brand new stadium, they've got all this new revenue stream. They kind of have to change their philosophy on how they team build, don't they? They actually they may be able to keep some players and because I don't think you can go to a new market and be the gritty, gutty, you know, payroll cutting ace. No. Um, and, and the owner, 
through his messengers, I guess, so to speak, through Billy Bean and through uh, GM David Force has always said that he's not spending until there are, quote, shovels in the ground. Wow. That's been like the long, you know, it's kind of like kicking the can down the road until all park stuff. So this could be a situation, Alex, we're there in Oakland for a couple more years and then and the fans are just revolting and showing up to the tune of 5,000 people. They aren't necessarily flocking his, so I can't imagine how dire it would become. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be really, really tense for sure. Especially considering the fact that, you know, these aren't stupid fans. These are, you know, they're very clear-eyed about this whole situation. Right. Um, you know, the point that you brought up about the Coliseum site, the fact that there isn't a real answer to that question, I think is something that the fans pick up on. You know, and the A's rolled out this whole marketing campaign a couple years ago called Rooted in Oakland. You know, and if they were truly rooted in Oakland, wouldn't they just rebuild at the Coliseum site, I mean, right. it seems pretty simple. the The other one that the other one that gets me is Major League Baseball. The fact <laughs> that I I don't know what baseball wants. To me, I leaving a top ten market for market twenty eight, thirty two, thirty eight, forty, forty four. It just seems like bad business. I I don't get that. I don't understand why baseball can't step in and step in and loan some money, like actually work with the city of Oakland, actually work to to bridge this whole thing. But are you getting any signs from baseball that baseball cares? They definitely care. Okay. Um, I had sources that told me that Rob Manfred gave the, um, the A's like a long-standing offer to intervene, put some public pressure on the city of Oakland to kind of push this push this process forward. So they definitely care. I just think that they're growing they're growing impatient with MLB's um, decision to publicly put out a statement. To me, signals that they don't see the A's ownership group as capable of handling this process themselves. So that was my read on that. I definitely think that they do care. I just think that they're getting you know it's like I said the sixth iteration of this. I think that they're getting impatient and that they don't. I don't think that they see the Coliseum site as a that's not where they want. Even if it was rebuilt, I don't think that that's where they want the A's to be either. I think that they're trending more towards those um, building around the ballpark. It's more than just building the ballpark. It's building kind of a community around that kind of seems like the kind of thing that they're leaning towards so have you personally seen a city on the list of candidates and who knows if they're you know legit on this list have you seen a city that you're intrigued by like this is just me speaking but um i know expos fans are still really yep. upset about the fact that that franchise got moved i mean that would be the storylines there would be um really interesting but montreal would be fascinating and we've had mm-hmm. on we've been bringing on people from different markets on the list and again, sports radio people, we're all kind of sour. So, uh, so you know, and, and, and ba- baseball is in a weird position right now because it's not the most popular sport anymore. But yeah. man, the vibe we've gotten from media people in, in Nashville and then Louisville and Portland is kind of like, eh. And that's not, uh, I mean, I don't think the, I think the A's are going to, they're going to be greeted nicely by power brokers in those cities, but that's not right. the vibe the A's need from multiple cities. They need like, hey, Oakland, we've got five cities that are fired up to get us. And I'm not sure they're going to get that in terms of people rolling out the uh, wheelbarrow of money around the country. Well, it's kind of ironic because this has been their decision not to invest, keep these homegrown stars, invest in free agents. They've, this is the payroll that they've chosen to have until they get this ballpark project. And I just think it shows a lack of foresight because they made that decision, those decisions about trading X player or, you know, not wanting to resign, like take Marcus Simeon, for example, this is an MVP caliber guy, hometown guy. And the offer they gave him was insulting. I mean, it was stuff like that. You know, I think it's those, all those decisions are starting to, we're we're starting to see the culmination of all that, you know, in, in what you're saying, like maybe a lack of, or less excitement than they would have otherwise. Last one with Alex Coffee covers the A's, and uh, we're talking relocation. Uh, actually, on the field, do you think there's a point in the season where it affects the performance? Do the players care? 
I mean, they're saying that they don't. I have a really, you know, I know these guys are, they have amazing focus and that's part of the, the reason they're professional athletes, but I have a really hard time believing that they, you know, not knowing where, you know, your kids are going to go to school, where you're going to have to move, like where you're going to live for, you know, like I, I can't imagine how that wouldn't take some sort of a toll. 4,000 in the stands doesn't exactly make for a great home field advantage. No. <laughs> right. No. When the rest of the country's opening up and might have 15, 20,000 plus. There, apparently there was uh, some sort of chant against the team president last night when he sent that tweet out. Um, I don't know if it was that he sucks or that they hate him or I don't know. I'm not going to paraphrasing, but something along those lines. All right, Alex. Well, we appreciate it. Alex Coffey from The Athletic. I guess I'll say have fun covering this. It's always interesting to cover these things and there'll be a lot to write about. I don't know if fun is the right word. I think it'll, it'll certainly keep us busy, though. There she is. Alex Coffey covers the A's for The Athletic. Filling us in on the Oakland side of this A's moving situation. Her spot today is brought to you by Nova Home Loans. May is Military Appreciation Month, and Nova Home Loans is offering to waive their lender processing fee on all VA loans throughout the month. So you got record low interest rates and no processing fees. That means it's a great opportunity for veterans and active duty military to refinance your existing loan or purchase a home today. We've had tons of our listeners check in with Nova Home Loans at 877-700-NOVA. Do that mortgage tune-up and make out like bandits, lowering their rate, taking money out of the house, paying off debt. And with Military Appreciation Month here, veterans and active duty military can take advantage of this special to waive the lender processing fee. But you got to call now, 877-700-NOVA, 877-700-NOVA. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Hey, just last thing. Last time we did the interview together, you told me to go heavy in the cryptocurrency game. I did. Uh, We're down 40%. Then I lost my job. Gretchen just wants a new comforter. (laughs) you, Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) I love you, Ken. Chopping it up on a Tuesday. It's Cofield and Company at the Nova Home Loan Studios. That was a Monday. Monday they were chopping it up. Oh, you mean we're chopping it up? Aaron Rodgers and his best buddy Kenny Maine, or is it Kenny Maine and his best buddy Aaron Rodgers? Kenny Maine with the the walk off line about the crypto and a comforter and losing his job. Weird spot, wasn't it? When you think about it. Oh yeah, really weird spot. Uh, but he got a lot out of it. We'll get to Kenny Maine going bye bye from ESPN. He's a UNLV guy, so we'll hit that a little later in the show. But uh, I find it interesting that Kenny Maine doesn't interview with one of the most important sports figures, you know, breaking news type stuff. And then that's one of the last things he does. And then ESPN today is like, let's roll out all of Kenny's work and talk about it on every show. Like, why is he gone? Well, I, I almost, I was wondering how much ESPN set up those interviews yesterday. Cause it wasn't just, it wasn't just that one. Like he had a lot of really good interviews last yeah. night. So you feel like there's good feelings as he, as he goes away. Well, no, I was wondering how much ESPN did it. And, or how much he did it on his own. Right. If he started making phone calls like, hey, can you come on? Can you come on? Can, yeah. you, can you come on? Just to say to ESPN, enjoy enjoy yeah. not having me here. Here's what you lost. Yeah. I, I'm not sure which way, which way it was. It was oh. good, though. Rodgers was more than willing to talk. He obviously has a good relationship with Kenny Maine. So here was Aaron Rodgers yesterday with Kenny Maine. I think sometimes people forget what really makes an organization. And, you know, history is important. You know, legacy 
of so many uh, people who've come before you. But the people, that's the most important thing. The people make an organization. Um, and sometimes uh, that gets forgotten. You know, culture is built brick by brick, the foundation of it by the people. You know, not by the not by the organization, not by the building, not by the, the corporation. It's built by the people. Well, that's a good way to play it. He's got the he's got the mic. The Packers don't. The Packers aren't going to go on a subtle attack like that. And yeah, it's subtle, but that's an attack. It is, but I think the question was, do you want to be traded? <laughs> if I remember correctly. I mean, in the end, doesn't matter. If you're smart, what do you do with the interview? You take it where you want sure, it to go. But that's a yes or no question. It's about the people. What it's about the culture. What does that mean? That's why he's brilliant. There's an ambiguity to it, so you know people are wondering, okay, does he want to stay or does he want to go? Is he basically just giving you his take on why he wants to go because he's talking about the people and the culture? What people? What do the people do? I don't... Ari, play it again. I think sometimes people forget what really makes an organization. And, you know, history is important. You know, legacy of so many uh, people who've come before you. But the people... That's the most important thing. The people make an organization. Um, and sometimes uh, that gets forgotten. You know, culture is built brick by brick, the foundation of it by the people. You know, not by the not by the organization, not by the building. Not by okay, the- okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Because at first when he said the people make an organization, I thought he was talking about the quality of the organization and the people above him and around him. But I think ultimately he was getting to – the players build the culture. Where are the building blocks? Sure. Okay. Well, there's an answer. What's so confusing? Well, if, if the players do it, then you're you can stay there and build what you want. I think he's saying that they don't appreciate the people. The people don't appreciate the people. The people above don't appreciate the people below. I think that was my problem. The people he he used people, people a lot. On, people was on both sides. Yeah. The people don't appreciate the people. Right. Which people are which people? I just said it. You just said it. No, I didn't. No, you don't, have to, you don't have to twist yourself in circles. No, listen. I came out of this interview saying, oh, he's gone. Like, I, I understood the point that he was making in general is, yeah, I'm leaving. But I, I also would rather, I'd much rather have, this is my problem. He's being very diplomatic and political. This is my problem with political discourse a lot of times, which is like not answering direct questions. When you're asked, like, about a policy statement. Like, you know what your policy is, but you're trying to phrase it so that both sides kind of think, oh, maybe he's on my side of this issue. Right. Like, just answer the question. Do you want to be traded? Hell yeah, I do. Screw this place. They don't appreciate what I've done. They think the general manager and the, you know, chairman or whoever these people are think that they built it, not me and not my teammates, and I don't like that, and I want to get out of here. Like, that's what I'd rather have them say. You still think uh, fan reactions fifty fifty on this Rodgers against the Packers? Yeah, it's tough to gauge. I feel like I think we'll we'll have a better idea when it actually happens. Right now, I think there's a lot of denial. Like I think there's still a lot of people that are are in this situation where like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is probably you know being whiny about it. Like I'm pro Aaron Rodgers in this case, but I think people are like, ah, oh, Rodgers being whiny about this. 
like he should he should just you know drop it and play football and stay around and other people are like yeah they didn't put him in the right position they disrespected him he should want to leave but it's tough to actually gauge the you know what the opinions are of reality until something actually happens when he's gone then you'll start to see people really come out and yeah I, I saw a writer today put it nicely on twitter he tweeted out that 98 percent of twitter are owner worshipers i think that's, I think that's high i mean i get it i i, I, I think it's high too but he, it's, it's making the point that people, and I say this all the time, people will at their own workplace be like, the boss, always keeping me down. And then they watch sports and they're like, yay, boss. Like, Wait, yeah. what just happened? I've noticed that for a long time. And, and it's hard for understood. people to process when a guy's making $37 million a year that like, he still isn't an employee. He doesn't have a skin barely remember and i mean i can't remember a specific example at all right now but i'm saying i i think it's unbelievably rare that i've ever taken the management or ownership side in any sport debate or issue like almost never and i don't i don't understand people that do from from what you just said like i i get it i've seen it time and time and time again like we have an obsession with you know like business owners and that sort of thing in this, I think there's like a, like a worship in capitalistic societies about, you know, people that own teams or whatever. Most of them, it's, they didn't do anything. Most owners are just got their money or got their team from, from somebody else. Give me a little more Rogers with Kenny Mean. Yeah. With my situation, look, it's, it's never been about, never been about the draft pick, uh, picking Jordan. I love Jordan. He's a great kid. A lot of fun to, to work together. I love the coaching staff. Love my teammates. You know, love the fan base in Green Bay. It's incredible, incredible 16 years. It's just kind of about a, a, a philosophy, you know, and and maybe forgetting that it is about the people. Uh, now the dreaded people again. Get that mortgage tuned up right now. 877-700-NOVA is the number to call at Nova Home Loans.